Welcome to Redefining the Good Life, the podcast that calls BS on the rat race of modern life and helps you finally have the courage to go after your dreams. I'm your host, Aishan Karaduman, aka The Omnivorist. I'm a life coach and functional nutritional therapy practitioner. Using a blend of mindset tools and ancestral nutrition, as well as understanding just what it means to be human today, I'm here to help you change the trajectory of your life. Another future is possible, my friend. Welcome on board. Hey guys, hope you're doing well. And I hope you're feeling today like you're in a good place in your life. And if you don't feel that way, or at least not consistently, I have an episode for you today that's really going to help. Now, if I think about it, the reason why most of my clients come to me, for many of them, it boils down to a version of this. They want to feel less shitty. We live in a world today where mental health problems seem to be the rule rather than the exception. And even if you don't have a diagnosed condition, so many people walk around with this low-level dissatisfaction and sometimes pretty serious anxiety. Plus, there is that voice in our heads, right? That's like the peanut gallery that judges everything around us, including our every move. And that's actually the topic of my last episode, so make sure to catch that too if you haven't already. So, you've heard me talk about this idea before, and that is the reason we're so unhappy and unhealthy in today's world is not because we are somehow inherently broken, but because our current world, our modern world, no longer meets some of our most basic needs as humans. So, what do I mean by these basic needs? You know, I'm talking about things like eating well, sleeping well, pooping well, feeling good in your body, feeling lots of energy, you know, looking forward to your day when you get up in the morning, and other very essential needs like having meaning in your life and having lots of connection with nature, with other humans, with yourself. And when we miss some of these basic needs, it becomes really, really hard to be happy. And I've talked a lot about, you know, these, these things, these subjects before on this, on this podcast. And today, I want to pick up on that idea, but emphasize something that I think most people miss when it comes to feeling happy. But before we move forward, let me just share with you the dictionary definition of happiness. Happiness is defined as a state of well-being and contentment. And I actually really like that definition because, you know, what it says is it's not these high highs that we tend to think of, but this much steadier, more sustainable state over the long term, that that's what happiness is. And the idea, or rather the misunderstanding that I want to elucidate today is where people think happiness comes from. Many of us spend years chasing happiness outside of ourselves and only realize much later in life, if at all, that we actually had access to it within us all along. Because the biggest well-kept secret in the universe 
is that happiness comes not from external things, but from within, first and foremost. And yeah, that is such a platitude, right? I mean, most people would agree with that sentiment, but there is usually such a big gap between what we think theoretically and how we actually make our decisions and live our lives. So today, I really want to make the case to you that happiness really is an inside job. Now, first, let's acknowledge that it's entirely normal for us to be confused about this. Because we live in a society that does everything for us to think that happiness is a destination. A system that trains us to always defer our happiness, to think, I'll be happy when... So when we're little, this looks like doing well in school, getting into good schools, then getting a real job, you know, getting into leadership positions, getting praised by bosses, or getting a big client, signing a major new contract, making partner, making the kind of money that would make your 20-year-old self salivate, or more personal things like getting married, having kids, you know, or having the best wardrobe and the dream house with the dream kitchen and the fancy vacations and on and on and on. And I totally get it because that's where I also spent a huge part of my life. I mean, I clearly remember coveting a new pair of shoes or a gorgeous sweater and genuinely thinking that they held the key to my happiness. (sighs) Can you relate? And yet, as we all well know, the excitement we feel from such things even the bigger achievements in our lives, is pretty short-lived. Even when we achieve all the things that they told you were valuable, we find out at some point that that little whisper inside is still there. The subtle feeling that there must be more to life than this. That for all your overachieving, you feel a little undersatisfied on good days and like a total fraud on the bad days. You realize that all your life you've been running after success because you thought that's what you needed to be worthy, to be loved, to be accepted, to belong, to be happy. This was actually the tape running in the background the whole entire time. But when you do all the things and get to all the places and you still feel like meh inside, then what do you do? Well, that's when we get into all kinds of trouble because, listen, there are entire industries built on you feeling this way. Or rather, to sell you quick fixes to stop feeling this way. There is chocolate, there is wine, there is shopping, there is social media, There is online dating, there is porn. Oh, there are so many ways for you to numb your feelings. Of course, none of these things are actually inherently bad, but they often turn out to be big traps. They feel good in the moment, but contribute to us feeling shitty in the long run because all they're doing is distracting us from the real problem. And of course, that is that we have misunderstood where true happiness comes from. 
all the dopamine hits those things provide actually make things a lot worse in the long run because we become even more dissatisfied and keep needing more and more to get our fix. Because actual, true happiness cannot ever come from those things. Because actual, true happiness is something that you have to decide for yourself inside of yourself. It is an inside job. So what does that mean? What does it look like? That means you first work on your number one relationship in this life, and that is the one that you have with yourself. That means getting to truly know yourself, understanding what gives you joy, what you want from life, you know, becoming curious to what's going through your mind, your thoughts, your feelings, your inner dialogue, your patterns, your triggers, and eventually learning to be a better friend to yourself, forgiving and accepting all parts of yourself, warts and all. And there is one key here, that is, and that is something I talked about two episodes ago, that is being okay with feeling shitty. You can go back to episode 37 for that. This one is key because you cannot have one without the other. You cannot have a positive emotion without the negative. This is another big, big, big misunderstanding about happiness. Being happy and fulfilled in your life does not mean you don't have shitty moments. In fact, the more you go after growth, the more you go after challenges, the more disappointments and feelings of failure you're going to have. Okay? This isn't about avoiding the shitty stuff. In fact, most of the trouble we get into, again, comes from resisting the state of affairs, resisting the negative emotions, feeling like we're not strong enough to handle them. Also, what else does happiness, what else does that inner work look like? Now, it looks like learning where you tend to give up your own power. So, for example, when you think that your well-being depends on other people or outside circumstances... So you become a control freak trying to make sure things go a certain way for you to feel a certain way. But really, what if instead of trying to control the uncontrollable, which will at best provide you with a false sense of security, you focused on the only thing you can control instead, which is, once again, your inner experience of the world your own thoughts and feelings and opinions and patterns and wounds and tastes and desires. So relinquishing control on what you can't control anyway and exercising it in the only place where you can, which is your own lane. I also think it's super important to learn to love your own company. And also, be becoming curious to yourself is definitely going to make you like yourself more as well. I think it's so important to learn being okay, actually more than, much more than okay, being alone. Because a huge trap that many of us fall into is thinking that love will save us. You know, love will come around and, you know, if we only met the right person, everything will fall into place and we will live, you know, happily ever after. Once again, there are so many messages in our culture that make us think this way. So it's not a surprise again, right? And when it comes to love, this also totally used to be me. 
But here's what I've finally understood doing lots of work in this area. My most important job always is to love myself. Because what I finally understood after decades of misunderstandings about this is that instead of focusing on finding the right person, I first had to become the person who can attract and sustain the love I was looking for. I had to first embody the qualities that I was looking for in a partner. Because there is nothing more attractive than a human being who's comfortable being themselves, who are already happy and complete in their own lives before they can attract the love that will make it all even more amazing. And of course, when you do meet that wonderful person, understanding that it's not about the intense highs that come so easily in the beginning, that's the goal, but the more steady, more stable feeling of goodness and well-being that can come from two people with high levels of maturity who've gotten to know themselves and each other over a long period of time. So, just so there are no misunderstandings, here's what I'm not saying. I am not saying that you should never set ambitious goals for yourself. But what I am saying is just check in with yourself where you're setting the goal from. So to go back to the example I just gave, Of course, it is totally okay and wonderful to want to find love, but not from this really needy place of, I'm waiting for my prince or princess to save me from my unexciting humdrum life, but from a place of, I am so grateful for what I have, and I cannot wait to share all this goodness with someone else and continue to grow with them, alongside them. And of course, I will not settle until I get there because, well, I also love my own company and expect only the best. See how different that energy is? Or it could be, you know, when it comes to big, ambitious work-related goals. Again, nothing actually wrong with them. But if you're chasing achievements because you believe deep down that that's what will make you worthy... I am here to burst your bubble, my friend. There is no amount of achievements and accolades that can fill that hole for you. Once again, you need to change the tape inside. You need to reconnect to the essential truth that you were born worthy, and nothing can ever take that away from you. We go after achievements not because that's what's going to make us more whole, but because It's so much fun to grow, and that is who we are. Or another way of saying this is, is this coming from love or fear? Is this goal helping me expand, or am I using it to beat myself up? How to know whether you're falling into the quote-unquote happiness trap is why you do the things you do in your life. Because they will numb the pain inside, or because they will enhance an experience that is already wonderful. So, happiness is an inside job, my friends. It is a choice. It is a decision that you make every day. No one is coming to save you but you. Happiness is learning to be a really good friend to yourself, learning to speak kindly to yourself so that you can stay in the present moment as much as possible 
And the present moment is really the only thing that we have at any given moment. It is also learning to redirect your brain to what is actually working when all it wants to do is focus on what's not. And it's getting clear on your own needs and desires and all the ways in which you let your fears stop you so that you can start creating more of what you want in your life. Of course, our relationships to other people are a huge part of feeling good in this life. And those relationships will improve so much once you improve the one with yourself. In fact, the magic about this work is that even when the other person changes nothing, you having worked on you already makes a huge difference. The title of this podcast is Redefining the Good Life. And this is really the heart of what we're talking about. Understanding the power you have over yourself and your own life and taking full responsibility for all of it. Connecting to the source inside of you first before you go out and create things in the world. And lastly, to me, happiness is somehow the art of slowing your life down. It's not about those few fleeting moments of euphoria. Of course, those can totally contribute to your overall happiness. But true happiness is much more sustainable. It's deeper than that. It's a feeling of being right with yourself and being right with the world. And given all the trouble that humanity and our planet are in today, a world full of happy, fulfilled individuals might just be what will save us. All right, my friends, that is what I have for you today. And of course, if you would like my help with this, let's hop on a call and see what the path might look like for you. My email is in the show notes. Have a wonderful week. Mm-hmm.